Hi everyone, I'm Sam. And I'm Erica. Welcome to The Fix Podcast. So this week in local Phoenix events, uh, Black Girl Magic Phoenix is back again with their seventh installment of the Black Girls Brunch, where strangers become sister friends. This experience will take place at a new venue, Sands, at the Hotel Valley Ho in Scottsdale. Uh, the event will take place on August 27th from 12 to 3.30. Tickets can be found on blackgirlmagicphx.com. Don't miss out. The downtown salsa and bachata jam is being held at DeSoto Central Market on August 26th. This is a new salsa and bachata night at DeSoto Central Market every fourth Saturday. Entry is $10 and it's 21 and over after 9 p.m. Phoenix Cookie, in collaboration with Boycott Bar, is hosting Noche de Sabor every Thursday starting August 24th. Join us for a fun night of Puerto Rican drinks at the bar, Phoenix Cookie food trucks outside, salsa, merengue, and bachata. The event is from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. at 4301 North 7th Avenue in Phoenix. Let's start the show. <laughs> everybody thanks for making it to episode 11 wow still here yes still black (laughs) (laughs) still annoyed (laughs) pretty much there's a lot to go over today so let's get to it all right first in phoenix culture we're actually going to be talking about the confederate monuments that are still here erected live and well in Arizona in the greater Phoenix metro area and beyond. Um, Of course, it is no, unless you've been living under a rock, it's no um, news to you that Confederate monuments are a hot button issue in the United States and the world now um, in the last week and a half because of Charlottesville and other events that have happened. And I just thought it was really important to bring up the ones that are still in Arizona because we are Phoenicians and we want to know how we, you know, what place we have in the national conversation. So there are actually six Confederate monuments still in Arizona, many in the greater Phoenix metro area, and the earliest was erected in 2010. And why? I know. Why? I... I, (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. And that is a very valid question. It's why? Because we're so far removed from that just in general, not just in time, but by space, by physical space. We are not considered the South as we know it, especially in the terms of civil rights. And um, from the article, it's actually on the Phoenix New Times, and it was written by Antonia Farzan. And I'm sorry if I butchered your name, um, but come on the show if you ever want to and and you can pronounce it for us but um essentially there were some white nationalist confederate sympathizers that transplanted to arizona honestly as late as the 1950s there was a huge um, surgence of transplants from around the nation in the 50s to phoenix just in consideration of the drier climate and the cheap cost of living um, and all other things that were happening during the 1950s and the big boom to the West. And they found sympathizers already here, some that had come well before 1910, and they had established white nationalist organizations in the southern parts of Arizona. And it's just, I mean, you can even feel 
white nationalism in Arizona well before it became a national conversation in the last five years. It bleeds red. It's a very red state. There are a lot of people out here who are very against immigration. Latinos out here have felt a lot of racism and racial profiling out here, especially with SB 1070 in 2010 as well. So it is not a colored friendly state at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. Um, So I'm still grappling with like 2010, like thinking about why so late, like so far after these Confederate situations were popping off, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think like, why are these things being built in Arizona? Like, were there battles here? Like, am I ignorant to that? Like, I just don't know what the point in doing that is. I don't understand what it was behind it either where people just here and wanted to see more of that why is it that statues are the symbol in which the white nationalists choose to I don't even know maybe it's just a more subtle symbol than having a confederate flag but I mean in Arizona people have confederate flags on their pickup trucks like this isn't new yeah oh wow. I, I haven't seen one in a while but I probably will start seeing some more again there are a lot of closeted racists out here, and I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of them that are very afraid. Oh, yeah. They went to my high school. Yes. <laughs> so I actually wanted to read a list of the ones that are out here. Um, let's see here. So first we have the Confederate Memorial in Southern Arizona Veterans Cemetery in Sierra Vista. That was the one erected in 2010. Arizona Confederate Veterans Monument in Greenwood Memory Lawn Cemetery. That's on 27th Avenue in Van Buren. Like, come on. Is that that big cemetery you see from the 10? I think so. It's it's like on the it's like around the stack it's on yeah. the south of the stack yep with mm-hmm. all the trees all the nice trees the I always only thought it was so pretty over me there too mm-hmm. there's the only greenery in like the four corners of the stack too well apparently it's a piece of shit keep yeah. going so hold your breath on the you know when you <laughs> drive by it you don't want to be sucking in the spirits Remember of the confederates when you used to be younger and go in the tunnel and everybody like on field trips and you'd be like everybody hold your breath yep we used to do that <laughs> at cemeteries too you don't want to be breathing in that white nationalism <laughs> I told you it's like a plague. As it soon is. as you get a whiff, you're just like drawn to it. <laughs> Monument at the Graves of Four Confederate Soldiers in Dragon Springs. Confederate Veterans Monument in Wesley Bolin Memorial Park in front of the state capitol. Jefferson Davis Highway, U.S. Highway 60 at Peralta Road in Apache Junction, which actually was just defaced and I think removed. So someone last week had spray painted it white and they were going to power wash it clean and then the next day i saw on abc 15 arizona on their twitter that someone had pulled it down so that's fucking awesome guys good job they're like just fuck it up and they'll just take it down yeah because you know they're gonna clean it so they just like completely removed it It where are they putting them like what happens to these statues when they are taken down down. i hope that they're melted down and i don't know used (laughs) at like for sheet metal at a walmart or something and the last one's the Battle of Picacho Peak Memorial at Picacho Peak State Park. So Doug Ducey, our governor, who is kind of a piece of shit at times. Doug Ducey. Doug Ducey. He has a douche face, too. Oh, my God. He has come out and said, one, that we should condemn all white nationalists and supremacist rhetoric. And then the next day, he said that he would not consider taking down any of the Confederate monuments in Arizona because it would do a disservice to our history. So what the fuck? It's like he just wanted to say something 
positive, like, okay, let me, before people come knocking at my door, let me just make sure I squander this shit. And then the conversation got pushed further as far as like, okay, if you want to condemn this stuff, like put your money where your mouth is. Like, I want to see some actions behind those words. And then it's like, oh, no, hold on a minute. Now, wait a minute. I didn't say I was going to be doing all that. I just said, I don't believe in, you know, X, Y, Z. So I knew he was going to butcher this. I was surprised to see him come out strongly against a lot of what was going on. But I wasn't surprised to see him screw it up almost as fast as he made like made a good decision. I'm like, oh, no worries. He's not done. Arizona is the land of spineless jellyfish politicians. We have <laughs> Doug Dushy. We have John McCain. Jeff Flake has actually been pretty stand up in the last week and a half, but he is known for being a flip flopper and someone who doesn't stand behind what he says. Very Marco Rubio of Arizona. Yeah, because if Trump adds him on Twitter, he's going to cower in a corner and be like, that's not what I meant. Wait. He's very much the I'm going to read this and think about it. And that's it. And he yeah. just goes silent. <laughs> He's like, and that's it. He's so. like Trump who needs the facts for things that are right there and apparent, but doesn't need the facts for things that actually require you to get the facts before you make a statement about them, like nuclear weapons and actions and militaries and stuff like no. that. He knows everything about nuclear weapons. Oh, yes. He knows he, everything. He doesn't need a minute to digest his breakfast and his morning coffee. He's just going to blurt it all out. He can mediate foreign policy in his sleep. Oh, my. Yeah. And like, what's going on with North Korea, by the way? That was huge, and now it's just silent. I think he's honestly just trying to distract us with all this other bullshit so that he people don't realize, like, he's probably, I don't know, texting Kim Jong-un right now. I almost feel like... Sending him Snapchats. He enjoys, like, the outrage police. Like, he likes to do things that are outrageous, egregious, shock value. He He really feels that. Like, he digs that. He feels it in his spirit. And then once he gets that, like, feeling, you know, that, like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, his high. And then he comes down from it, and he's like, all right, what's the the next crisis I'm going to make everybody freak out about? Because, I mean, really, think about it. The last time we were recording, we were like, North Korea is an issue for me. Like, <laughs> right. this is really problematic. And, like, that was, like, the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that being the end of it. Like, I'm not trying to dredge it back up. But it's the principle of, like, what is going on? Like, why are you doing this? Right, right. And what happened? Where are we with that? Like, You where... can't just say out-of-pocket stuff like that and then it there's no updates. No sort of like rectification or like, hey, here's what's going on. We've had developments. We haven't had developments. No progress reports. Nothing. It's just like the transgender in the military. He sends one, two, maybe three tweets about saying that they're banned from the military. Is that law? No one else, no other representatives from his like staff have said, okay, this is something that's signed and sealed and delivered. Like, People aren't being pulled out of their beds and camp and taken out because they're transgender. So what is happening? Where are we with that? It's just shock value. Like yeah. I'm telling you, it's his drug. He wants it to look he wants to make it look like he's doing something when he's not doing anything at all. But the things that he wants to make look like he's doing are really bad things. He's so he's just giving us like insight to his perverted thoughts. And instead of keeping them to himself. That's you true. You know, it's like Oh, I had a racist thought. I think I should share it with the world this morning. Or I had a thought about how I I feel, you know, very bigoted today. I feel very um, homophobic today. I'm going to talk about that. Like, it's really just like an 
an open book into like the perversion of his brain. I feel like he has just like a dartboard and there's like really like incendiary like he's very dug from up yeah squirrel like whatever the (laughs) whatever the hot whatever issue for the moment is for him not for the world like whatever bothers him that day yeah whatever he wakes up with on his spirit he just starts talking about just throws a dart and like okay well it landed on you know get a journal yeah didn't didn't like old presidents when there was no internet and stuff like keep journals I don't probably didn't people used to do that like back in the day and when I say back in the day I mean like hundreds of years ago it's been a full tonight yes they would write (laughs) maybe you need to write yes I'm sure it would be a really fucked up view of even worse thoughts that you have but maybe writing although have you seen his handwriting I'm sure he it's probably hard for him to write because that signature is disgusting (laughs) I have a Google Chrome extension on my computer that turns all of his tweets into like child chicken scratch (laughs) and it's written in different colors so I don't one I just assume that's his handwriting and two I can like barely read his tweets anyway so (laughs) I know you have to like try to decipher like okay so is that the end of a sentence or how does this work mess well, do what you can. If you want to contact Doug Douchey, you can. You can go to azgovernor.gov, click on the Contact Us page, or you can go on Twitter and at him at Doug Douchey. It's Doug, D-U-C-E-Y. So <laughs> let's I'm move on. dying because I said Doug Douchey once, and then you just like remembered it. I'm like, yeah, if you want to contact Doug Douchey. Yeah, that's his name, Doug Douchey. Oh, yeah, that is how he has always been. Um, recognized it's by It's German me. for douche. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> so we're going to enter our local love section and we were actually contacted by a gentleman named Arian Hatch. He is one of the owners of Paletas AZ uh, out in Mesa. And he said, hey, I'm the owner of Phoenix. Oh, of Phoenix AZ. <laughs> I'm the owner of Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shutting this shit down. Yeah. In case you've never heard of me. He says, hey, I'm the owner of Paletas AZ in Mesa. It's a Mexican dessert and snack shop with lots of delicious helados, paletas, aguas frescas con crema, and tons more. We could Oh, we would greatly appreciate a shout out while we're dealing with the light rail construction that is killing the business on Main Street in Stapley in Mesa. So this is a big deal for a lot of businesses, especially those um, that we saw earlier in the year and last year downtown. There was tons of construction. Um, the light rail was being built, and over those years, a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses suffered. And it looks like these guys are downtown too. And I know that he's not the only business in Mesa that's suffering. So, if you guys can check him out, they have uh, one dollar scoops on Mondays. So if you're unsure if you would like their product, you can go check it out for the low, low price of a dollar. And the owners are from Chihuahua, and they apprenticed with a family in Michoacan to learn the craft of creating the paletas from scratch from fresh ingredients. You can follow them at Paletas AZ, that's P-A-L-E-T-A-S-A-Z, and paletasaz.com. 
So hopefully next time that we're out in the East Valley, we'll be able to check them out. Give them your business. Give them a shout out. Give them a follow. Yeah, that stuff looked good. Everything sounded good. I wish I was closer to Mesa because I would totally use my day off to just go over there and sample all of the different snacks. And I love like cute local places like that where you get authentic desserts and cuisine like I have a friend that's from Chihuahua and everything I've had from them has been bomb. So I'm like, yes, I want to check this out and, you know, see what what little goodies we can have. So definitely if you're in the East Valley, Mesa has a huge population and I'm sure you guys are sick of that light rail traffic too. So, so definitely just try to take a day on, you know, if you have a Saturday or an evening with your family and head over there and sample some of what they have to offer. Yes. Support the Latinos. next up in our phoenix love we went to jadena last night it was amazing it was so amazing it was at crescent ballroom and it was sold out and I was worried that it was going to be a shit show and it wasn't. I was, I wonder if they undersold that show because I've been to sold out shows at Crescent Ballroom and I mean, it was tight, but like I was expecting it to be like, couldn't even get to the restroom or the bar. Yeah. And I remember being like, I have room right now, like mm-hmm. looking around and seeing space and I'm not mad about it, no, but I just yeah. wonder if maybe they had to make some sort of changes or something with their ticketing because I've I've suffered at Crescent before <laughs> in that crowd. So it was great. Oh, my gosh. The opening act was a group or I'm not sure if it's just him or if it's a group, but Manny Wells, that's M-A-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L-Z. He's also Nigerian from D.C., which is near and dear to my heart because I am a Washington, D.C. native. So that was incredible for me when he was like, oh, we're from D.C. I got so excited. And he just had like a really great voice. He also had great stage presence and he was fun. He was engaging. He didn't stay up there for, you know, two hours or whatever. He like played the perfect amount of time just to warm the crowd up and he had like great cover songs and you know was weaving in current music like Kendrick Lamar and that, that cover was so good. Yeah, he did a Kendrick Lamar cover or his own song where he utilized um some Kendrick Lamar music and then he also did some Lauren a Lauren Hill kind of mashup too. So it was great. He was so and he was adorable. Oh my god, he was so cute. I was like, you could tell he's short. He was just so cute. So shout out to Manny Wells and um then Jadena came out. An hour later. They must have been behind. That was the latest a show has ever started that I've attended at Crescent Ballroom. Usually when they say the doors are at like 7 or 7.30, um, the opening act will come out anywhere between 8 and 8.15. They play for 30 minutes. And then between like 8.30, 8.45 to 9, they do set up and changes for whoever the main act is. And then they go on like no later than 9.15. So I was super surprised that Jadena didn't come out until like 10 after. Was it 10.30? I thought it was like 10.15. No, because it was um, our friend was had to work the next day. 
and she's like well I don't know I you know I really should be getting home and which I understood and I was like well why don't you wait till 10 15 if he doesn't come out by then then you can consider it and so it was 10 05 we stood there for five more minutes I went to the restroom she left and I came back it was around 10 25 yeah mm-hmm. and then he came on five minutes later so man yeah it was crazy and then his his band came out first and usually they do that like a little warm-up but I seriously thought they were stalling for him but he came out maybe three minutes after that and I was like oh, okay yeah, <laughs> yeah right you're like just go out there and start playing something yeah. I'll be out there soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was oh my gosh though like as soon as he came out though I was like you spent your time well getting ready because he had on like a tailored like three-piece suit and his hair was like oh my gosh it was pristine like I was just like why did your hair laying so beautifully like he had like it was like parted and swooped over to one side but he had like a little like flat twist in between and then like it was yeah like almost like finger coil waves or whatever like oh my gosh and he's like a ginger so it's just freaking adorable and he sounded amazing his stage presence was on 10 and he was just amping the crowd up engaging the crowd like I could see him leaning down and getting close to people that were like in the front and you know like rapping with them or singing with them and vibing with everybody he ended up coming in the crowd at the end of the show like legit walking through the crowd I was so glad all those dummies left when like (laughs) you know at the end of a or when it's like almost the end of a concert and they're just like thanks Phoenix and they walk off but like the lights don't come on right and people start leaving and I'm like have you never been to a show before Yeah, they always do an encore dummies always <laughs> always so I'm glad those people left though because it made it really easy for us to like be involved when he was in the crowd he walked through the entire crowd he sounded amazing he sounded like the record they even had some um cuts into like acapella and there was a proposal during that. oh my gosh we were like because they were his band was doing like an acapella to the side like four of them and then Jadena was at his mic and it was beautiful just to hear their voices and the harmony and everything and then I like look to the left and there's like this just out of place guy on the stage I was like he doesn't look like at first I was like oh is something going on with like the audio right you know like they have like the roadies and the people that come and like put water bottles down or like fix something I was like oh maybe they're having like technical difficulties but then I saw like he was just standing there and they kept singing and singing and singing and then all of the sudden, like, this guy gets a microphone and his girl's on stage with him. And he just like, I love you. Blah, blah. And I was He's like, like, I need to ask you, will you marry me? And everyone's <laughs> like, ah! And he even, like, shook hands with Jadetta. He's all, thanks, man. I was like, how did he set that up? Did he, like, call his agent or I something? I know. I wonder if he knew him. Well, remember he was saying he, like, had people in the crowd. Okay. Like- and I was going to bring that up because I looked at Jadena's Instagram story this morning, and he was holding that baby with the headphones. Oh, okay. Remember we saw that baby? We're like, who would bring their baby to a show like this, even with earmuffs? That was his brother and his wife. Okay. Yeah. And he did say, like, somebody else was here with... I don't remember like in the at the beginning he mentioned like this is really special because my brother's here and his wife and their baby or in their their family he said their family and then he said something else like he did he did like and um so and so is here then he started talking about how he had just like relatives from all different backgrounds and so I wonder if maybe he would maybe he knew that guy what a cute <laughs> little thing and it wasn't like 
I don't know. It was cute that it was an intimate place. It was a small show. Everyone there was like there. Yeah. To be there. Not Interested because someone being told them there. to go there. Yeah. So it was a special moment. So it was great. Uh, thank you to Jadena for coming here. It's a really big deal to us when artists that we love and artists that look like us or speak to us come out to Phoenix and just kind of cut through all of the other BS that sometimes comes here. Um, things are changing out here in Phoenix, and we're really happy to have you. Come back anytime. We will be there front row center. And then after the show... We went to Welcome Diner. Yeah. Oh, wow. We actually had a really good evening, um, but we ended up at Welcome Diner probably around 1 a.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably 1 a.m. because the show didn't end until, God, Midnight, like, like 1230. I think. Yeah. I was going to say somewhere between like 1130 and 12, but mm-hmm. maybe it could have been later. And then we went over to Valley Bar, which was cool. And then we went over to Welcome Diner, which neither of us had been to. Bef- have you been to Welcome Diner? No. Okay. I had been trying either. to go, but it's kind of like it's hard because... It's just like always awkward when we have time off. It's during the week, but we don't have our cars because we, you know, carpool to work. But yeah, I was really excited to go. It was a Thursday night at one, like we said. So it was only two other people there. So it was perfect time to go. It was really cute. I love the layout. I really want to go when it cools down. Yes, that patio. And I didn't realize that they had um, liquor <laughs> like they had, yeah, they had like beer and I think they had some wine, mm-hmm. a couple of things on draft. And I was like, oh, I, I don't think I realized that they offered that. Mm-hmm. But it was really cute. They had like a small seating area on the inside, but I was obsessed with the patio and the lighting and it was just nice to be there. It was very romantic. It was it a was. nice date oh, place for I sure. Know. <laughs> Again, stab me in the heart. <laughs> yeah, we saw a proposal and they went to a romantic place, the single women. So it's great. <laughs> but it was great. I wasn't really that hungry, so I didn't get any food. But I did share like some French fries with one of my friends and those were really good. Yeah. And then um, some of the other guys, like one of the guys got a grilled cheese sandwich. The yeah. other guy got a he got it, jackfruit. The, yeah, it was the jackfruit um, like barbecue pork sandwich, which I've actually had jackfruit as pulled pork and it is bomb it tastes exactly like it so it looked really good and it was a really big sandwich it was yeah. on like a hoagie so it looked aggressive i mean it looked good but it looked like i could just have like a corner of that yeah. and be full i had the big gym biscuit it was southern fried chicken country gravy sharp cheddar and bacon it was bomb the gravy sold me in ordering it and it sold me in eating it. It was awesome. The biscuits actually really good and I know that they're famous for making them. It was flaky. It was fresh. It was bomb. I almost ordered the poutine, but that looked so good. I was just like, I'm not that hungry and I don't want to be mad when I have like three of these fries and then I'm like, okay, I can't yeah. eat any more of it. So I was like, I'll go back and try it when I'm here for a meal, hungry and ready to eat everything in sight. But yeah. everybody's food looks so good. Yeah, we'll definitely have to go again. Um, you can find them on social media. Just honestly, Google Wel- Welcome Diner AZ and you'll find them. They have a location in Tucson, we just found out. So if you're down in Tucson... And listening to us, thank you. But also go there. <laughs> yes, thank you. Hey, yeah. Tucson. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. great, though. Yeah. I I would love to do another day where, or another, like, evening like we did, even though, even if we didn't have, like, a concert to go to, I just kind of love random nights like that, like, going out on a Thursday night instead of, like, having to wait till the weekend where it's going to be a lot more crowded. And I think our experience at Welcome Diner was so great because we had what felt like the restaurant to ourselves. Yeah.
we're going to move over to our national section, and we have a lot to talk about. Tons. So first up on our very long list of national stuff is Insecure. So Erica actually got some feedback, and some of our listeners want to hear us talk about Insecure, which we're more than happy to do. I know. Like, how much time How much time do you have? Right. <laughs> Can we be the Insecurity podcast part de? Right. The West Coast representation. <laughs> right. But so, yeah, it's it's been a very active season. Yes, we're smack dab in the middle of the eight episode season and a lot has happened. A lot. I would like to put my Lawrence Hive uh, membership on hold. I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not ready to jump to Team Issa yet, but Lawrence really has me fucked up right now. I mean, on a couple of levels. I'm about tired of him. He's he's spiraling he's spiraling he's being annoying in ways that he can avoid like i'm like why are you acting like this he's doing a lot of things that i feel like he has a right to do but it's his communication that's killing me like he's just acts like he's in like stupid a lot about a lot of things and i'm just like lawrence you're single it's fine, but like, don't give people you're dating husband and wife privileges. Like, how he was acting with Tasha was so annoying. And as much as I thought Tasha was kind of busted for going after Lawrence when she knew he was in a relationship, like showing up at his job and stuff, and just like, laying in the shadows waiting for her opportunity in a way that was like aggressive to me I still felt like at the end of everything it wasn't a big deal that he hooked up with her because he was done with Issa she was not in a relationship whatever like that what they did was fine but moving into this season he was just like laid up over there trying to be a little Casanova and I'm like if you don't want to jump into anything serious don't be going to people's family reunions don't be like volunteering to do things and like trying to show up and taking people out like if this is just a friends with benefits situation treat it as such and communicate if you see things differently like but he's just an idiot I feel like he was doing a lot of things that he thought he was supposed to do as someone who is single who hadn't been single for a really long time who is surrounded by a lot of single friends and he just he was just doing things he didn't want to do and was doing it because he thought that he had to do them because every time he made a decision anytime he made a decision even if it was to go hang out with his friends you can see apprehension on his face I'm like just be true to yourself like you can exactly like you said you can have a friends with benefits relationship if you want right now because we would rather you be straight up with us from the beginning so we have the choice to say if we want to do this or not with you and that happens all the time with guys communication is key and it's important and guys for some reason just still don't understand that and I I don't know what the aversion to communication is with men because I feel like a lot of the things that they find annoying about women would just be non-issues if they just communicated because we're a lot simpler than they think that we are and I feel like I mean that's like the they treat us like calculus and that's like the age-old issue with men and women is just the fact that we think that both sides are more complicated than they are and it's just if you just got out of a relationship with someone or even if you didn't and you don't you think the person's cute and you want to hang out that's fine but 
be straight up about your intentions and you're not going to hurt anyone's feelings by saying straight up like, hey, it's nothing about you, but I'm just not interested in something serious because maybe we're not either. But the fact that you're not communicating with us and we decide to go up to you and maybe shoot our shot and then you turn us down like, whoa, hey, what? I wasn't I didn't mean that. <laughs> it's like, bitch, like you you've been acting like you're my boyfriend. But the second I say like, hey, do you want to grab a drink? It's like, no, hey, oh, <laughs> Like, bitch, come on. I know, right? And, like, I hear this a lot. Like, you know, my friend Eric and I always kind of talk about these things. And he's always like, I love when ladies just shoot their shots. And I'm like, I would shoot my shot more if I didn't feel like every time I did, somebody acted like I was trying to take them home to my parents. Like, today. Thank you. Every time I'm like, hey, <sighs> what do you think about doing blah, blah, blah? Like, I'm, I'm so apprehensive of doing that because every time I've done it, I've gotten the response of, like, I'm not looking for anything serious I'm like how is going out for a drink something serious yeah what or did like, I say I think that but I think that guys think that women are all looking for that off top I'm not I'm not looking for it and I'm not opposed to it but what I am looking for is an opportunity to get to know people and to me hanging out with someone is how you get to know them you can also text and chat and have like interactions online and social media makes it really sort of easier to like have a little bit more insight into people like if they post their interest or share things and you can have conversations based on things that they talk about that you're also interested in but at the same time it's like well why can't we just talk in person or why can't we add some variety to this relationship and when I say relationship I just mean like a person and a person not like a romantic relationship but like I think for me personally I prefer to be friends with someone first and so that's how I get to be friends with someone is like actually spending time with them like I like I could use our relationship for an example I knew you because you were friends with David and you were friends with John which were friends of mine and we had hung out on like random occasions but it was always like oh Sam's in town Sam's coming around we're gonna go do this we're gonna go do that and you would be there but like I didn't really talk much to you or like we didn't have a ton of interactions it wasn't until like you moved back and we like all started like going and doing stuff we actually got to be friends because I had a chance to hang out with you and actually talk to you and get to know you and found out wow we have a lot of the same interests we like a lot of the same things we have the same passions etc but like if you know we never took the time to like hang out with each other I don't know how strong our friendship or like if this podcast would have ever come to be that's just the example I'm giving to say that I think a lot of times people just make too big of a deal out of like hanging out they do they do and I've only experienced extremes on both ends like I say something and it's very rare that I've done this but exactly the same reactions when I've said something like we should hang out sometime and it's like uh they act like I just proposed to them or something (laughs) and I'm like I actually don't even know if I like you that way anyways I just want to go hang out because I kind of think that I might I want to take a lap like I want to run I'm I just like want to testify right now because you're preaching right Keep going it's ridiculous <laughs> and then the other end of it is like hey I want to hang out just because I don't know if I like you right now but I think that I might so maybe we should go get dinner or something and it turns into like you talking to them very casually in a text conversation and saying hey I'd really like to go to like Japan once and then they're like let's go together let's go in like a year and it's like well bitch I don't even know if I like you 
So why why are you trying to plan a international excursion together? Like, no, it's either one or the other. It's like the guy wants to be married or I, I apparently want to be married. Like <laughs> or you're it's decided that you want to be married right now today. Yeah. Or it's like they're you're being too thirsty. Like, I hate I hate when guys say, why don't you walk up and say something? Why does it have to be the guy? This is why. This is why. We have no problem with doing it. It's the fact that everyone's just like, oh, shit, no, no. Like, I'm not ready to, like, have kids yet. Like, bitch, me either. Like, I just want a fucking mojito and maybe we would split it. (laughs) I don't know. I want to have one of those big like goblet drinks from bliss rebar and i don't want to drink it by myself i'd like to drink it with another person there have been times where i've asked a person out for a drink very casually because i thought i liked them and we had a drink and i really didn't like them (laughs) so that's a possibility for you too i might not like you after the drink so chill out (laughs) people act like it's just enough to be fine like it's a, it helps a lot. Like to be attractive is cool, but like what else do you bring to the table? Like yeah. it's and that's what the next step is is like, oh, this person's cute. Oh, you know, we've had a few casual conversations. Maybe I could try hanging out with them like without other people around. Right. But like there's a lot of times when you like meet people or like the situations in which you actually do have to have those moments where you get to chat. It's like, oh, well, it's not consistent enough. So, like, can I stand to be alone with you for an hour? I don't know. I've never really been forced to. Right. And, so like, this will tell try? me if, like, oh, maybe I do have a crush on them. I mean, there's, there has to be more than you just being fine. Like, right. for me, at least. Uh, right. This has spiraled into a relationship conversation. And that's fine with me. Well, that's what insecure is. <laughs> I know. That is what it is. <laughs> it really is. So, guys, come on, just fucking chill out for a minute. Like, go have a drink. What is it going to kill you to just spend an hour of your time with a lovely, smart woman? And maybe she won't even like you like that. So it's not that serious. I'm pushing 30 right now, and I've never been the type of person to care about my age or aging. But it's largely... I'm single largely by choice and I'm very, very okay with going on a date with a person and completely cutting it off because I decided I'm just not into it. So like I'm not looking to be married tomorrow. I don't feel any internal clock ticking. If you annoy me after a day, I don't want anything to do with you. So like it's a fair playing field. Stop acting like we're trying to nail you down and like buy a home in Goodyear like tomorrow. Like (laughs) shut up. Right. We're just trying to hang. We're just trying to do the same shit you guys do. Right. Which is hang out with people. Right. Don't you love hanging out? (laughs) Right. Hanging out. I just want to go out and like develop relationships and not necessarily ones where it's like me and you forever. I'm going to be over here all the time and you're never going to get rid of me. Like I've been single for a long ass time. So if I'm going to give that up, you have to be worth it. You don't get to just come around and I'm like, I'm ready to just risk it all. Like, (laughs) no, you have to earn it just like I have to earn it. So come off the high horse. Yes, please. Lawrence needs a reality check. I think he got one. I think he got one this last week. This past week week was disgusting. This last week meaning episode four. Yes. With the kiss and grind and the fetishizing of sex with black men. Yes. It was abhorrent. It was offensive. That scene felt so long. (laughs) Like the whole time I was like, get off and like wrap this up. Yeah. I was like 
clutching my blanket like as close to my neck as possible. I was like, oh, this yeah. is so disgusting. I was like, oh, I'm Ooh. ready for this to be over. And the longing look at the old apartment complex. Oh, Bitch, you man. know that you miss it now. But you know what? Speaking of that look, I saw this commentary and I don't know if it was on Twitter or like a write-up that I read, but they were discussing how both Issa and Lawrence are like trying to do things that they know they're not cut out for. Yep. Like Issa is trying to go through this ho quote ho phase and she's striking out because and like look who she ended up back with. Who was she with at the end of the night? And like not hooking up that we know of, but like at the end of the night she was back with someone she knew. Mm-hmm. And same with Lawrence. Like he tried to be this Mac. At the end of it all, they were back with like familiar faces. Issa back with Daniel, who she had a relationship with prior to like the whole cheating (laughs) debacle and then Lawrence back at the dunes like looking like hmm I don't know after all that like you would think if he thought if it was that great if he had that good of a time he wouldn't have been rolling past his old his old apartment he would have been like over at Chad's or whatever talking about how great it was but he was lying through his teeth and these are very like realistic actions by people who have been out of long-term relationships at least from what I've experienced myself and seen in like really close friends and like family you try to overcorrect and you try to be okay with all the pain that you're dealing with so I get it and you know who hasn't had this moment I got out of a terrible terrible ass relationship and even after I broke up with the person I was like well would you ever consider getting back together it's because you're out and you're like this feels weird and it hurts and I'm alone and I'm sad and what is the simplest and easiest way to fix this is to get back with the thing that makes you sad even if it's the wrong thing so me personally looking forward to the next four episodes I'm hoping they don't get back together I don't want them to they don't need to what they need to do I think is have like a real honest conversation with each other and they need to close the door they do like if you want to be friends down the line that's cool but they need to really put like a stamp on everything I don't think they ever did that you know they had that angry conversation where Lawrence confronted Issa about cheating and then he ran out he called her you know and said he wanted to talk but then he never did he came over to get his mail and gave her like a quickie and then left and that was the end of it like they have never actually addressed one another and I'm not saying you have to do that every time everybody's different but clearly in this situation they need to address one another and they need to heal and have that final conversation and then they need to put the nail in the coffin on that relationship and close that chapter of their lives otherwise they're going to continue with this destructive behavior yeah and they're just going to leave a war path which is what they're doing right now yeah it's being emotionally honest with yourself like you can try to be friends like you mentioned but like Take the time and be honest with the time that you need. Like, maybe you can, but honestly, like, what is the point? If you don't think you can or you can't right now, then don't do it. Like, who who are you trying to appease by doing that, by putting yourself in situations where you know you won't be able to heal or will make you scared or uncomfortable? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So... It doesn't. We're going to see what's going to happen, though, because now I want to know, like, what's... What role is Daniel going to give us? I hope they don't get together either. Hopefully he at least develops some kind of like long-term role on the show. And that's just like my personal preference. Because I appreciate everything about him. But I don't know. I don't want 
Issa to continue to just like cycle through like old flames or whatever. I'm like, come on, Issa. I would like to see them develop a really good, healthy friendship like that because that's what they had before. And he was helping her with We Got Y'all and stuff with his work that he was doing. So I think that they could be an asset to each other, like for work purposes and friendship purposes and being honest with each other. So I hope that works out for them that way. That would be cool. What do you think Molly's going to do with, I think his name is Dro or something like that. I'm just worried about what he's trying to do with Molly because I'm like, I would want to hear from both parties involved in this marriage that this is an open situation. Oh, you're talking about the guy. I thought you were talking (sighs) about the guy that she went on dates with that she kind of cut off. No, the lights, tall, light skin brother. That is a different story <laughs> that's why i was saying what do you think she's gonna do with let's him let's go backward <laughs> that's my rewind noise that wow was... okay so let's try this again okay. what do you think molly's gonna do with dro well that she's definitely gonna she's gonna indulge for sure i think she's gonna dip oh yeah and then i think the wife's gonna be like we don't have an open relationship or there's going to be rules that were not like he broke a rule of the op- open relationship. I like no friends of yes, mutual friends. Can't be anybody we know. Yeah. I bet you that's going to be it. I, I don't think because I'm like, well, it just seems a little bold to be like, oh, we're in an open marriage and like you're cool with both of these people. Mm-hmm. I can't. That's like too bold of a that's lie weird. for me. But I think it's going to end up being something like we said no like casual friends or like associates it has to be like strangers basically and they seemed really close because when they met each other at that cupcake place they were like oh my god so it wasn't like oh were you in my class at blah 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 yeah it was like really close it's going to come back to bite her in the ass in some form or fashion i feel like she we may maybe think that she's hit rock bottom but i don't think she has yet and that might be her rock bottom yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll be the the thing that, like, really pushes her to, like, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Because they may consider, like, developing something for Molly out in Chicago, like, full time. Yeah, that would be cool as long as they kept her very relevant. I think I they will. To, I don't think that they'll be like, done with her. Yeah. They at least have one more season left. They got renewed yeah. already for season three, so yeah. we'll see. Um. Maybe towards the end of the season, she'll be going like on her way out. And then maybe like the first couple episodes will be like either her coming back or, you know, I don't know, visiting and talking about what happened. But that is a very good point. It's going to push her out. She's going to be like, L.A. is incestuous. I need to leave. Like, it's like the black community in Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, you know, so and so. Yeah, I do too. And um, he knows your uncle and your cousin went to school with my nephew. And like, (laughs) that's how it is here. It's like, you have to vet people very carefully because it's like, (laughs) you could be related. (laughs) Not even relations, but like, sometimes it's like, just a random aside, but sometimes I just would like to meet somebody that's not connected to anybody I know. And it's really, really hard to make that happen here. Interesting. But sometimes you connect with people that know people <laughs> right. and it works out for you in your favor. So it just yeah. depends. Or you ask them for a drink and they think you're getting married. So then they run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
can't. I mean, there's more stuff we could talk about, but maybe we can do another roundup next month. Yeah, we'll do another roundup after a couple episodes or maybe at the end or something. Um, next up, I saw an article on Pitchfork about Jay-Z saying that he wants people to go to therapy, which I thought was just, it's sad. Again, I'm hoping to th- that in the effect of some of the other things we've discussed that this won't be like shock value when you see like these headlines like, wow, somebody's speaking out about mental health awareness. That's so great. Like it should be that way period but he was just kind of talking about um with this most recent album it just talks about a lot of the things that have gone on in his life in the last couple years in his relationship and um just a lot of the trauma that he experienced growing up and he was just encouraging other people like particularly in the black community black men um, to go and seek therapy because a lot of our men experience a lot of tough things growing up. Like if you're growing up and perhaps you're not as well off or just live in a place where there's a lot of destruction and horrible situations for people, um, not a lot of money, not a lot of opportunity, not a lot of ways to see like the light at the end of the tunnel and you just experience loss you know like your friends die um murder drug use being arrest police brutality police abuse domestic uh, domestic violence yes we talked about domestic violence um just all of these things that just in places that don't have a lot of resources that are often places that are overwhelmingly minority or filled with a lot of people of color they just experience a lot of really, really difficult situations and never really take the time to reckon with those situations and talk to someone about like what they saw in their childhood or like in their teenage years. And people just turn 18 and they have to become adults because they have to pay for their bills and they have to provide for their families and they have to figure out how they're going to transition into adulthood kind of like how we were discussing like the struggle of our 20s. And I thought it was really great that he was speaking out and saying, you know, I I want people to seek these resources because you have to talk through the things that you're going through. Otherwise, they just build up and they stay inside of you and they eat away at you in different ways. And they, they come out in your relationships. They come out in the way you deal with people. They come out in the way you feel your the way you process grief the way you just deal with your day-to-day life and so i appreciated jay-z for speaking out about that because you know he's clearly been through a lot of stuff just that has been documented in any kind of conversations or interviews he's had as well as like his music um so thank you jay-z yeah i love that um i am very 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 lucky to have grown up in a household that has been very open about mental health issues in our own family both immediate and just extended my mom has been struggling with it for a very long time and her mentality since the day she found out was she was pregnant was that and she reminds us of this all the time is that she made it her life goal for us to stop the cycle that has been manifesting itself in our family for generations Um, she had a very very tough childhood a lot of just emotional abuse verbal abuse from her from my grandmother from her siblings from her um, extended family as well and it a lot of it stemmed from mental health issues and, and that mental health issues that have gone 
untreated, unacknowledged because of the stigma surrounding them, especially in Latino communities. It comes out as, you know, especially for men, you have to be strong. You have to provide. You can't cry. You can't show emotion. But we are often, a lot of the times, the ones who need it the most because just like you have said, you know, we come from a lot of poverty, a lot of discrimination, a lot of immigration, a lot of um, identity issues. And so stopping the cycle is something that you can do. You can just you can choose to end that for your own life and for your family and for your children. And my mom has taken on the responsibility and the burden of doing that so that when we grew up, we knew that it was okay to talk about it if it decided to not decided, but we were born with these issues that if they came up in our later life, that it was okay to talk about it. And it was okay to get it treated. Because again, like we've talked about on the show before, if you have a broken foot, you're not just going to let it sit there, you're going to go get it fixed. And you're going to take some medication and you're going to get a brace on it and you're going to let it heal. So it's okay to do that. And I'm really lucky that we are in a family that does that. And I really think it's important for us to just stop with the stigma about mental health. It's okay if you need help. It's okay if you're depressed or anxious or I don't know, whatever it is. If you're bipolar, you have anger issues, like it's okay. Go see somebody about it. It's not, it's going to make you stronger. And at least in my eyes as a strong, beautiful, educated woman, you're going to seem like a better man to me for going. So I fully support this. I'm really excited that he's using his platform, especially as a black man. I can't speak to the black community, but I have definitely heard from my experiences and friends that it's a big issue and I'm happy that he's taking the stand and hopefully encouraging a lot of younger fans who listen to him to take control of their lives. All right, so do you want to take this one? Because I don't know anything about it. I don't Um, know anything about it. It's really quick, but Kim Kardashian fucking sucks. (laughs) I hate her. A lot. (laughs) Number 437, why she sucks. (laughs) But she basically got on, I think it was Snapchat, and was telling people to, like, forgive Jeffree Star, who is, like, a known racist, but makes makeup or whatever. She was just, like, encouraging people to, like, support him. And I think that's, does he prefer that pronoun? I hope. Um, To support him and to, like, buy his makeup and stuff. And I was like, girl, bye. You are married to a black man. You have two black children. So to tell people to just, like, forgive Jeffree Star for, like, his flippant use of the N-word and just disrespect he's given to, like, people of color and all the shit he's done over the years. I don't know why he's even relevant. But um, it just pissed me off because I felt like it was so tone deaf. And it I felt like it came like right after the whole Charlottesville thing. And I was like, you're so tone deaf and stupid. How can you say something? All those followers and people that pay attention to what you have to say for reasons unknown to me, um, that they should just forgive and move on and support this person. Like, you're a freaking idiot. I just hate Kim Kardashian. I hate all the Kardashians, all the Jenners. That whole family is just the epitome of tone deaf. Like, 
all everything that they do, anything that involves anything outside of their own makeup lines or like what glitter they shit that morning, like they do not how to know how to handle it. And Chris Jenner, she has a smart brain. I'm not going to take that away from her. She knows what she's doing. She didn't capitalize off of Kim Kardashian's whatever bullshit that she did and make billions of dollars for nothing. Like she's a smart woman. I don't know why she doesn't think about these things, not put her daughters in situations like this. Like and these girls are so stupid that they don't they're not going to be the ones to fight back. They just see that dollar sign or they see, you know, a makeup and like, oh, you need to support this bullshit. No, this mother needs to crack the whip because they're ruining their own brand that she's built. Only she alone because Kim Kardashian's ass. Yeah, it was on a video, but she doesn't know how to do shit. It's all her mother. And I'm just so sick of people who think because they lay down next to black people or whatever, thinking like they can say things like that and not like, how can you not think about the repercussions of like such a irresponsible statement like that it pissed me off and i'm just like you're such a fucking idiot makes me sad it makes me sad and i just wish she would stop being relevant yeah i really do like there is nothing good about you so that's my rant all right we done oh what's next (laughs) next is just something that espn did i don't have a lot to say because i think it speaks for itself oh my gosh this was so embarrassing and wow espn how could you so there was a fantasy football draft but this year they decided to do it auction style which is kind of a cool idea i guess but not really because it looked like a fucking slave auction especially when they were auctioning off odell beckham jr to a row I think it was maybe 5 10 15 25 at the minimum white people and it was very much reminiscent of a slave auction they said there was just some white auctioneer talking about Odell Beckham Jr doing his little like thing and his little porky pig auctioneer auctioning him off and he was sold to a very heavy set, bald white man in the back. So do better, ESPN. Again, with the tone deaf, things have happened in this world already. And it's sad that it's ha- had to happen in 2017 again. But things have happened. Things are happening in this world. And it is just inexcusable for you to be so completely tone deaf. If you need to hire more Latinos and black people and women, go ahead and do that. You have the ability to do it. But you need to have somebody in your production team saying no. That's it. That's all I have to say. It's funny, too, because ESPN gets accused a lot of being like liberally biased and stuff like that. And I don't know if there's any merit to that. I'm just saying these are things that I see a lot, like on Twitter, people attacking them, saying like, get these liberal, blah, 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 your agenda. And they think because they have... This is sports, not politics. They think because they have a bunch of like black people actually on TV, which like, God forbid... Uh, black anchors and have you know have their own shows that Mm -hmm. people get so pissed about like the topics they choose to discuss and so that's I think one of the things that like had me like scratching my head was like I'm surprised this is coming from ESPN because I would have expected something like this I wouldn't have expected anything like this at all to be quite honest but I they were probably not the sports channel I would have expected in the event that somebody came up with a horrible idea like this to do it, you know, to bring it to fruition. So that was kind of surprising, probably for a lot of people. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. So just don't do that again. Yeah, please don't. Thank you. Moving on. 
Moving on, LeBron James is leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers, people. (laughs) Apparently, according to Chris Sheridan, um, he has a has information from a credible source that indicates that this will be LeBron James last year with the Cavaliers. It is the last year of his contract, but um, the report says that his relationship with Dan Gilbert, which is the owner of the Cavaliers, the Comic Sans Cavaliers, if you remember when LeBron originally left and went to Miami and Dan Gilbert typed up that like scathing letter in Comic Sans. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's like I yeah. always think of him. I used to have a teacher who would write her all of her like homework and shit in Comic Sans when we made fun of her. I used to always use Comic Sans on like my Black Planet page or like my MySpace page. Like I was like, I love Comic Sans. <laughs> and then it became like a, I don't remember when it came, became like a big, like a running joke, but yeah, sad. Um, <laughs> anyways, I thought it was interesting um, that, you know, this was coming out because there's a lot to think about with maybe why we haven't seen any sort of trade actually go through with Kyrie Irving. Um, if they think that they're also going to lose LeBron James to another team in the 2018-2019 season, it may be hard for them to stomach the idea of trading Kyrie Irving, knowing like LeBron's going to be going out the door. And what would that leave them behind with? How would their team recover? Because obviously when you lose a player like that, you're going to have a lot of holes to fill. So, you know, I don't know how much merit there is to this story. Everybody always has a, quote, credible source. But it'll be interesting to see what happens um, this upcoming season in general. And then, of course, probably once we get to, like, February, March, April, it's really going to amp up because it'll be, like, the end of the season. Playoffs are going to get started. And then it's going to be, like, is this your last year? I'm sure LeBron's going to have to hear about that all year long. It's going to be so fucking annoying yep i hate it's like a love-hate relationship with when like really great players have free agency because i'm like god this is gonna be such a pain in the ass and you know what carmelo anthony has not been traded yet either (laughs) and i thought that the knicks were gonna get rid of him like day one that's what i thought too he is still there i don't get it so we'll see if dan gilbert has to put some more lies on paper in comic fans or what Next up, Steve Bannon is out of the White House. He was fired. That's crazy. I thought he would be there. I thought he would I thought he decompose would be. <laughs> in that White House. He was already starting, so maybe that's why they removed him from the building. Because every time I saw pictures of him, he looked like he had like a flesh-eating virus like living on his face. I'm like, why do you look like that? He just like doesn't look well. He doesn't look well. Someone was saying on Twitter that it looked like, what was it that one of the Confederate monuments that was taken down was like part that was like his last horcrux or something (laughs) which is an awesome harry potter joke so well done oh my gosh that's funny yeah he always looks like scabby bloodshot he looks like clammy 
He does. Like, how do you look clammy? He looks all like the he's time? always running a low grade fever. Like they keep a hot towel, a um, hot moist towelette on his face, <laughs> and they only take it off whenever he has to be in public. But his skin is just like so dry. Ugh, it just it looks so it looks dewy, but not in like a good way. It just yeah. looks like like it needs to be dried out or something. I don't know. It, it's gross. Everything about him is gross. He's a gross human being. So. It'll be interesting to see what pops off now that he's out of the White House. Um, our friend John tweeted something about um, hoping there was going to be some juicy deets because his people were always saying, like, if, if he if Trump gets rid of us, we're going to blow the lid off this whole thing. Remember? Yep. They're going to release all these um, details about what's been going on. So, like, let's get to it. I mean, the sink, the sink is shipping. <laughs> <laughs> The ship is already sinking, so you may as well air your dirty laundry on the way down. Let's go. I would love for like a Breitbart tell-all, but I wanted to actually see Breitbart scares me because I don't I don't know what to believe. Yeah, which that kind of I sucks. would at least I want say, a credible go to like source. go to like Fox News. That's a step up. That's true. That's more credible than Breitbart. Yeah, because I mean, if Breitbart came out with a bunch of tell-alls, I wouldn't believe it. Everything's more credible than Breitbart, yeah. but still. Yeah, he's not going to, but it would be nice. I would love for him to open Pandora's box. Do do it. There's literally <laughs> nothing left to lose. Like, There's nothing left to lose. With each passing day, it's like, we can't get any lower. And then I'm just like, we're at the Earth's core. There's like <laughs> there's nothing. We're to just going to come out the other side. Out we're of just going to burn. We're just yeah. going to start charring away because there's nothing like there's nothing left. There's nowhere else to go but up, and there's no way we're going up from here. Well, adios, brother. Oh, God. Happy to see you guys. Go get a facial. So moving on, Tina Fey was on Saturday Night Live. She was on um, Weekend Update, and she comes on a lot. She um, did a sketch last night, and she was acting as a uh, University of Virginia graduate, and she was talking about the protests that were happening in light of Charlottesville. She had a lot of incendiary things to say about Trump and white nationalists and Nazis that were really great. And then they um, pulled out a sheet cake, and she was talking about Next time you decide that you want to protest or anything, just pull out a sheet cake and just yell into the sheet cake that you hate Nazis and start eating it and basically like eat your feelings instead of taking action. And a lot of people on Twitter were just like, fuck Tina Fey. I can't believe she said this. Why I'm out here sweltering in the heat protesting and you're eating sheet cake. And it just pissed me off because I have been following Tina Fey personally since I was 16. And I love her. I've read all of her books. I've seen every interview she's done. I've seen every show she's produced. And if anyone gives a flying fuck to watch one episode of either 30 Rock or Kimmy Schmidt or anything, they would realize that she was being satirical and calling out white women for their indifference towards injustice and it's not news that white women were a big part of the reason why Trump is in office right now and she was essentially calling out people who just write Facebook status updates and do nothing and don't go out into the streets to either protest physically or to donate to different organizations or to take action in other ways and she was just calling people out for that because sitting around as a white woman doing nothing and just crying and eating your feelings isn't going to do anything and she knows that there is an episode in 30 
Party Rock where she plays essentially like a, a version of herself and she is a single white woman living in New York and she has a new neighbor who is played by Fred Armisen but he looks like a Middle Eastern guy and his name is like Muhammad on the show or whatever and he knocks on her door and says hey if you see a package or my mail or something can you get it for me I forget what the situation was and she's like who is that guy and then she like she walks by his apartment and looks into his door and sees him putting up a map on his wall with like a bunch of pins and she's like what's going on and then she's walking down the street and she sees him with his like friend in a park videotaping them like doing army drills in the in a playground and she's like what is that and so she sees a sign and it says if you see something say something and she calls um, Jack Donaghy who is like this like blood red Republican like character and she's like hey so there's this guy that moved in down the hall he's like what's his name here's this number and she calls like the FBI and like says you know this guy is basically a terrorist it turns out that this guy is a really nice guy he's best friends with Tina Fey's co-worker he was actually doing drills in the playground because he wanted to be part of I think it was Survivor or something they watch his video and it says I love America I'm so excited to be on you know Survivor and she's like oh shit and then she so she's calling out herself and she even says like I'm just a white lady that just called in this guy you know I'm so racist because he's a Middle Eastern guy that's living down the street from me or down the hall from me and I don't even know him and I'm just like being prejudiced against him like she's constantly talking about that talking about and calling out her own privilege and I was just so upset to see that because I think it's just bullshit that I know that there are a lot of things that need to be called out these days and you guys have heard me talk about that but we need to be careful about calling out people who are actually our allies yeah or like being the outrage police without actually getting the facts since that's the (laughs) the new excuse of like waiting to say anything is like I had to get the facts um but sometimes you just like like you said like you know the people that are with the fuck shit and the ones that aren't so if you see that somebody said something and they put it in a certain context or whatever like actually go and look at it yourself before speaking on it or like being outraged or whatever because it's like well I'm sure if you watched it and saw like the entire context of like everything that she said and not just like that quick quote that people are trying to put out there to make it sound like she was saying something that she wasn't and like you said her history like you would actually know like okay this is this was her way because she's a comedian of critiquing this particular position or these people or whatever But a lot of times, I think people just want to be mad, which I get because there's a lot to be mad about, but you know who to be mad at and who not to be mad at. So just chill. (laughs) So I just wanted to like briefly complain about how much healthcare sucks and how difficult it is to literally get anything done efficiently and without spending tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of money. Um, Long story short, I've been dealing with a lot of pain and just like discomfort for pretty much the entirety of 2017. And I have done literally everything in my power to try to fix this discomfort. I have gone to every specialist, doctor, dentist, except I've gone to like everybody. I'm like, can anybody fix this? Like, I don't know what this is. Nobody can find anything on any x-rays. And all I'm doing is spending my money trying to get help to feel better. And no one's able to tell me anything. And I had to go see the specialist and they said that they required urinalysis 
to be a patient and I was just going in to get my x-rays reviewed. I had to submit a urine sample and this week on Monday for an appointment I went to in June, literally the beginning of June, I got a bill from this diagnostics place for $400 and my insurance is not covering any of this urinalysis that I had to have and it just frustrated me so much because one, nobody told me when I went to get this appointment or whatever that this was going to be a separate charge. They didn't tell me where they were going to be sending it. They didn't check my insurance. They didn't do any of that and so now I'm having to, I've had to spend the majority of my day off calling people all morning trying to figure out what I can do about this bill that I don't want to pay because $400 is a lot of money for some shit I didn't even ask for and considering that my issue has not been rectified I really don't want to pay the $400 for it so I just am frustrated and like I probably took for granted my good health for the first 28 years of my life because I never really dealt with any sort of long-term discomfort or any sort of really big issues. And this has been like horrible. And like I sometimes I just think about like, wow, it's the middle of August and I'm still dealing with this for something that's been eight months. Like, so I just wanted to bitch and moan and complain about insurance companies sucking and just wishing that it would be, I don't know what the easiest way would be to make these things more accessible and more simplistic because healthcare is complicated. But I, I'm not even like, this isn't even Obamacare or Trump care or any of that shit. Cause I'm on my job's insurance. So this has nothing to do with any of that, but I'm just like mad because I, I don't have that money. Well, I do, but I don't want to spend it on that, you know, and I, I just hate that I have to call four or five establishments just for somebody to give me an answer. And then on a Friday, it's like, well, they're out of office until Monday. Well, I have to go back to work on Monday. So then I either have to take time away from my work day, sneak away from my desk, try to make a phone call and hope somebody gets back to me efficiently, like God forbid. So I'm just in the throes of this fuck shit and it sucks. I feel like doctor's offices should also do a lot better at customer service. And I know that sounds kind of petty, but it goes along way and I have been in so many doctor's offices lately specifically the allergy and dermatology center of Arizona in surprise Arrowhead in Phoenix <laughs> I hate you bitches the reason I got a new doctor is because you guys are assholes I hate going into that office everyone has an attitude they act like they're you are taking their firstborn child and like blowing an air horn in the middle of their face Every time you walk in to like give them your insurance card, they act like it's the biggest inconvenience that they have ever had to encounter in their entire <laughs> life. The doctor audibly sighed when I was telling her my issues. She was like, <sighs> and I was like, am I bothering you? Like, what is your problem? I hate people. I don't want to be here because I know I have to pay you to be here. I don't like being poked and prodded and looked at under a microscope. I'm here because I have an issue and I need you to be nice and take care of it because I'm paying for you and I don't have the money to do it. So stop being a bitch. Stop being a dick. Stop being horrible. Like, I hate you all. And so just be nice to people. Healthcare is complicated. Being sick sucks. So just be nice to people. If you don't want to, like, tell me your life story and, like, be friends on Facebook, that's fine. Just 
that friendly smile how can i help you today that's it i'm not looking for anything i i do have to say that like the only bad experience as far as like calling people that i had today was actually with my own fucking insurance company because they were just like i mean it wasn't even a bad experience but i just felt like helpless and i felt like this guy was just like well they have to change blah 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 otherwise we can't cover it and i'm like so there's nothing you can do like i'm telling you that i can't control where they send this fucking sample like I'm at the mercy of these people. So I can't be like, no, 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 send it here and do it like this. Like, so he basically sent me on like a wild goose chase to find out like who I need to speak to. But like the people at the actual company where I was calling about the bill, like this girl was so nice. Her name was Michaela. She was very nice. She went out of her way for me. She took my name and number and actually called me back like within an hour or two hours got back to me, made sure I had all the information I needed, told me, like, call back if you need anything. This is my name. This is how you can reach me. She just was helpful and told me, like, oh, here's an option. If it doesn't work out with your insurance, like, you can apply for a reduced rate. I'll put a note on your account. Don't worry about the due date right now. Just get us that information back in case you can't get it fixed. So even though I don't want to pay the bill, like worst case scenario, I at least feel like I don't have to come out of pocket for like money I was planning on using for friends' birthdays and Christmas and holidays and parties and just like having my own fucking spending money that I'm not trying to give you hoes over some pee, like (laughs) a fucking pee test I didn't want to take. So like, (laughs) God damn. So fuck, man, there's got to be another way. Mm, Well... (laughs) That felt so much better because I was I was really pissed today and I just needed to get that off my chest. Good. Um, okay. Alright, so moving on to our fix this week, we are talking about alternatives to protesting. So Donald Trump, if you live in Phoenix, you know that Donald Trump is coming to Phoenix on Tuesday for a campaign rally because today, why not? Today, if yeah. you're listening on the the release of this episode, yes. he'll be here in mere hours, people. He might be here right now, yeah. sucking up the air and polluting this bitch. Yeah, so hold your breath if you can. Wear, wear a medical mask. God, I work downtown. I'm literally going to be breathing his air. No, horrible. <laughs> so he will be here because six to seven to eight months after you become president and do a horrible job, you decide to go on tour for campaign rallies. So just makes complete sense. Oh, he was doing that like a month after he got into mm-hmm. the office. He was st- he's been doing rallies all year. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. It's been wonderful. There are rumors that he is going to pardon Joe Arpaio. I don't know how credible that is, but it just seems like something that he would do. Because I feel it would like piss- he's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. It would piss everybody off. So he will be here. Um, a lot of people are very under- understandably nervous and scared to go out and show their support for Black Lives Matter and for any other organization that is not a neo-Nazi or a Trump supporter. And so I've seen a lot of people who are afraid to go asking what they what else they can do out here in Phoenix to show their disdain for Trump and show their support for other um, organizations that promote inclusion. So we just wanted to kind of talk about that and provide a fix for you because we know that protesting in the streets isn't for everyone, even if it is a positive message like the Women's March. Sometimes, you know, it's not for everybody. So for me, I think that it would be great if people 
could um, maybe stay informed in ways that won't drive them insane, like being on Twitter all the time, by trying to find a fix for yourself. What is something that keeps you sane and still keeps you informed? For me, it's this podcast. It forces me to be um, very vocal about things that matter to me and stay informed about things that matter to me in the city. But I also like to listen to podcasts in general and particularly one called Pod Save America. It keeps me informed about things that are going on nationally and it has a great spin on things. It um it speaks to me in a very millennial way and that me being a millennial, being young, being passionate, being educated, and um, it encourages people to go out and um, do things in their own communities to enact change. Keeps me informed without sucking my brain dry of any other <laughs> of anything that was such a visual when you said <laughs> it um they're very funny and they're very lively and they have a lot of other podcasts in their crooked media repertoire they have pod save the people with deray mckesson they have love it or leave it with john lovett which is really funny it's like a political topical game show so there's a lot of good things that you can listen to that could help you do you have anything uh, yeah, I love podcasts. I love I do use Twitter as a way to stay informed, but I also am really good at detaching from Twitter or Facebook or any social media that stresses me out or makes me feel bad. Um, I have a network of friends that I regularly lean on in regards to what's going on. Like you, I utilize this podcast as a way to speak about things that are important to me or to learn about things that maybe I didn't know, like stories that you may bring to the show and vice versa. Um, like I said, I have a, my network that I lean on a lot. We share a lot of news articles um, or just friends that I can reach out to and be like, did you see this fuck shit? And like, we can just be mad for a few minutes and then we can go back to talking about like what albums are coming out this week or, oh, did you try this drink? Or what are you doing? Do you have any plans? What are you doing for your birthday? Blah, blah, blah. So just having those kinds of things are really, really helpful. And um, like reading a lot of, I don't know, taking time, like I take my bus ride to, bus ride into the city and out of the city to try to do a lot of reading and um, staying informed about what's going on um, and maybe donating or volunteering if you don't feel like going to actual protests or events like I'm not trying to go to no Trump rally even as an opposition because it just makes me nervous there's just the climate right now makes me feel like I would be a target in a place like that and I don't want to put myself in that situation so perhaps volunteering if I don't want to go to the rallies or to the protests to help put together materials for those events not the rally but the protest <laughs> like if you want to you know meet up with maybe like Mecha or um, Mecha groups or oh, what's the other one my friends are part of this really good uh, Puente. Have you heard of Puente? Um, they have like an office on Washington and 19th Avenue or something like mm -hmm. that. You know, there's places, different organizations like local organizations in your area can always use volunteers. You know, you can always lend your services or your money if you don't have necessarily have the time to go for more than a couple of hours or you just are busy but can share your resources to help enrich their organization so that they can go out and do the work that they are committed to doing. Um, just look around in your area to see how you can 
put your name on something without having to be physically present if it's just something that makes you uncomfortable, anxious, or you don't physically have the time to do so. Yeah, and in the interest of donating, if you do have the time or if you do have the money, I know that a lot of people, especially our podcast, is a lot about saving money and budgeting, but maybe directing those funds towards something that you believe in. Another thing that I like to um, encourage is donations to media outlets that you support and who are in the business of creating very, very real news. And um, funding those media outlets is a way to get the real news out there and to help fund the trips for these reporters who are, and not to say that you're not brave, but who are brave and want to go to these rallies and report on what's going on for us, um, that we can maybe help fund their flight by subscribing to their newspaper or to their website. So um, that's definitely a very real real way that you can impact um, not only just good media but just good people Um, and then also the ACLU of Arizona is out here as well so you don't have to be a lawyer to volunteer with them you can just even just help spread the word or donate to them you can find them on ACLUAZ.org and I think that it would be really important for us to communicate to our listeners other ways that they could help out in their community here in Phoenix so we'll be writing a blog post with some events that are happening this week and next week and other organizations that you can help out and donate your time and money to. So we will be doing that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that takes uh, us plus to, one. <laughs> yeah. That takes us to the end of our show. Oh Episode 11 is wrapping up. It's time for our fixes. What's your fix? My fix this week, uh, we touched on it a little bit earlier in the episode, but it was really like my Thursday night out with friends and taking Friday off, having a short week, a week that was treacherous to get through um, on the heels of everything that happened over the weekend and then just coming into work and having to deal with stupidity and meetings and endless nonsense. I got off early on Thursday, went home, had a nice meal, took a shower, got ready, went out with friends, went to the show, went out to the bars, had a good fucking meal, came home, and then just spent my day off. Um, Just having the day off and being away from work and being detached from work is always really, really great for me and necessary. I like to take days off anytime I can. Um, And a, a fix that I will probably also tag on to you a little bit this weekend next week is going to be Sedona because I'm going up there this weekend and I can't wait to just like be in the presence of those red rocks so just spending time away from things that drain me and stress me out and doing things that enrich my life like spending time with people I love our family outing yesterday was amazing and I just love spending time with with my friends and just feeling like we're at a point with everyone that's kind of come around and that we've come around and it's been new and kind of weird sometimes but I feel like we're all in like a really good place as friends and that means a lot to me I love that Yay. All right. So my fix this week is books (laughs) because I'm a nerd and I love books. You should start putting together a list maybe like once a month of like the like favorite book you read that month or something and then you can share it with our listeners. Yay. Yeah. um, Okay. I like that too. Like I don't read enough and I want to read more and I I want to start using that as like a way to maybe like read something that you've read and then we can like have a discussion or something. Okay, cool. I will do that then. (gasps) Book club. Yes. (laughs) The Fix Book Club. (gasps) All right. Sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) 
my fix is books. I love reading. Um, it's just a big part of my life and it just makes me really happy. And sometimes I'm at work or I'm, um, I don't even know, driving home or somewhere at the grocery store. And I'm like, I just really can't wait to go home and start reading. So I love watching TV. I have no problem with that. I don't think it's, you know, better or worse. I, I do think books, you know, are, are great for your mind, but I do love TV as well. So don't, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, whatever. I do indulge in that too, but books to me are just so exciting and fun and they make me feel accomplished and they just make me a better listener and thinker and reader and writer. So, um, but right now I'm reading Men Without Women by Haruki Murakami. It's a compilation of short stories and they all center around different men in different situations and times in their lives without women who either have left them for other men or who have passed away and it's just kind of of these characters who are trying to understand their their life without them what they meant to them and their missing piece in their life and it's just really cool to see different stories about men who have relied so heavily on women and who can't find um, who are searching for peace in their life without these women because they were such an important part of their lives so it's beautifully written I really love him as an author I haven't read an author in a long time who has really touched me in the way that he has and he writes in a very raw um, style and it's very easy to understand so um, yeah that's what I'm reading right now and I will make a list of books that I'm reading and I'll release them Um, I usually read about four books a month so that might be good maybe I'll add the four that I read and then some that are on my list for the next month so yeah I think that would really be a great idea because oftentimes people are looking for other ways to enrich their lives that are not just like I was online all fucking day or I was watching TV all day. Like those days are fun too, but sometimes you don't want to do that. Sometimes you just want to lay around and enjoy a good book. Like I have, I don't know, I have some book in my room. Remember when we were audio testing and we would be reading from random books around the house? (laughs) Well, I found that one that was about like this girl that was murdered and they think it was somebody on this like softball softball team and so like it's like mm. a small town or whatever I'm like ooh, I want to read that so it's been in my room for a while and I think I'm gonna start reading it yeah you should just take some time maybe take it on the bus and I, I don't know if you get bus sick or car sick from reading I don't as long as I'm not facing the direction that the car is moving so or the bus so if the bus is like I can't sit in the same I have to sit perpendicular to like the direction that the bus okay is going. so like facing the side like yeah it's going north you're facing west or east or yes. something okay makes sense no yeah try to take it on the bus or something that's what I do um bus time is reading time I like text you all the time and I text my friends all the time but if it's in the morning um I usually just put my phone down it's really nice and I don't listen to any music and the shuttle is quiet and I can get maybe like four or five chapters in and I'm really excited about like helping people find things that they might like so if you have any you know thoughts or you really want to get into reading but you don't know what you would like but you know what genres you like you can always email us and we'll send our contact information at the end of the episode but yeah I would love to help. Ooh, was a lengthy one. Yes, it was. But there was a lot to cover this week, so thank you for bearing with us. Had to us. give it the old heave-ho. Heave-ho. <laughs> so you can find us on social media at The Fix Pod. That's The PHX Pod. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find us on WordPress. And you can email us at thefixpod at gmail.com if you would like to sponsor us, advertise with us, or just get a shout-out on our show, or just tell us how you're doing. Love to hear from you. Any and all of the above. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for listening and we will talk next week. Yes. Stay safe. Yes. Bye-bye.